It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is Lesson 5 of the Animal Reiki for Reiki Practitioners class, and we're going to start tonight, like we do every night, with a meditation. So I'd like us all to get centered and just do a couple of the hara breaths, breathing in through our nose and pulling that breath down into your hara and on the out breath, expanding out and letting go of any tension you're holding. And when I was in care, Kathleen had this really wonderful um, visual and kind of physical thing you could do with the hard breathing that I wanted to share with you all tonight. So some of you might be holding your phone, but if you can just take one of your hands and you bring it up to your nose, and when you breathe in, you kind of have your hands make the motion of pushing the breath in through your nose, and then have your hands Follow your breath down your stomach, down your chest, down to your hara, and have it sit there for a second as you hold the breath. And then when you breathe out, as you breathe out, expand your hands. And that really helps that with that setting the, the Reiki space with the Joshin Kokyoho breathing. So again, you just bring your hands to your, to your, close to your nose and you breathe in. Have your hands follow that breath down your chest, down to your hara. Make that connection. And on the out breath, when you expand your breath out, expand your hands out. And I'd like you all to practice that. It is a really beautiful way to bring in that breath to your body and do that visualization of seeing that breath surround your body. And, And when we take our hands from our hara and kind of separate them, and push them out with our breath and so that they kind of slowly go out and around so that they end up close to our sides. It's a really beautiful way to do that, and it really helps us um, to kind of get into that Reiki space. So I want us to do just that Joshin Kokyo breathing for a minute, and you don't have to do the hand positions if you don't want to. You can just sit and breathe. And then whenever you're ready, I'd like you to envision yourself sitting on the top of a cliff, a high cliff, and you're overlooking a beautiful valley, and the sun is beating down on your head, and you're sitting there breathing, and you're feeling yourself connect to the earth like a very solid rock, breathing in and out, feel yourself connect to that space of the rock, feel yourself becoming very solid. That was the Choku Rei chant. And as we sit in this space, I'm going to chant one more time. I want you to bring to mind an animal. An animal that maybe embodies the vision of groundedness. Maybe it's a crocodile or an alligator. Maybe it's a turtle, you know. Maybe even it's a dog that is very grounded or a cat. Bring them to mind. Ask them if they'd like to join you in this space. 
I'm going to chant for just a couple seconds more, and we'll sit in this space again. Oh, Whenever you're ready, slowly start to bring yourself back. I'm going to talk just a few minutes about the chant and about the chokure and and what that embodies for us. So chokure um, is the juman or the mantra. And the symbol is the, you know, the line that comes down and then, you know, the circles that go inward. And so there, it's two separate things. We do the chant, which is the O-U-A-E, or the Juman, Juman it's called both. Or we say the name, Chokure, Chokure, Chokure. That's also a chant, a mantra. Or we can draw the symbol one. And when we draw the symbol one, you'll notice, that as you're drawing it and you go down, you're going inward with the circular motion. So we're drawing it, we're coming over, down, and then going inward. So in the Japanese traditional way, that symbol is for focus. It is your original energy. It is the energy that is your connection to the earth energy that is already within you. So when we do this med- these meditations, we're doing them on a very, um, like, like the earth is outward and we're bringing it in. But actually the earth is a part of us, just like the heaven, the sky is a part of us. And then these come together within our heart and the light that shines from our heart is our connectedness. Our heart is the way we connect to the world around us, to each other. And so you can see the first symbol represents that earth energy, but it's focused your original energy. The second symbol, which we'll talk more about next week, is for your spiritual and psychic awareness. And then those two together help you to connect to the world around you. And that connection comes through your heart. And that's the middle hara and the third symbol. So when we look at what that means for us, the chokure, we can find that it's really helpful for us if we use this mantra when we start to to have that monkey mind, we're sitting with an animal and maybe our mind starts to go off, we can really use that chant to go inward. And maybe if you're at a shelter and you're in a room, I remember, Jalinda, you were sharing, you were at the, at the cat room, and I think maybe Deanna shared that, you know, she was in a room and people come in and talk. Um, maybe you don't want to do the chanting. I encourage you to practice the chanting at home so you get used to that sound and that vibration. And when you're at the shelter or when you're in a position where you can't, chant out loud, maybe at the shelter, you chant really quietly the holy, or you just say it in your mind, or you chant it in your mind, or you can even draw the symbol on your leg. That's also helpful. There's many ways that we can use to get to the same place. And that was one of the wonderful things about Asui was that he taught people in different ways so that people who learn differently, like, you know, some people learn through auditory, and some people learn through tactile. Some people learn through visual. Um, some people learn through, what is another one like, um, I don't know, like, maybe those are the four I can think of. But so when you have different ways of learning, you can see where if you draw the symbol, maybe you're more tactile, that would help you. Um, if you chant, the vibration and the sound might help you to get to that space and feel it and learn it. Or maybe you visualize it. You visualize the symbol in your mind, and maybe that helps you. 
So there's all different kinds of ways to get to the same place. But when Asui created these mantras and the symbols, they were training wheels. There will come a time in your practice that you will no longer need to, to do the actual drawing of the symbol because you'll be able to invoke that, that space within you very easily through your practice because you're going to get used to that energy more and more. And pretty soon it's just when you sit down that, that energy comes to you. When we chant, the chanting is something you may keep with you always because the chanting is a really wonderful way to like, feel that vibration in our body. I feel the vibration really kind of clears us too. And then when we're chanting and feeling that vibration, it really helps us to stay focused. So I really hope that you'll embrace these symbols in the Japanese style for the animals. I'm not asking you to let go of the Western way because the Western way, again, I've said this many times, is that that is really good for people because people need that outward. But for animals, you can see where when we go outward, it's almost like poking them. Kathleen had a really wonderful analogy this weekend. She said, envision yourself as a campfire. But when our thoughts go to what's wrong with the animals, it's like we're throwing a a log that's on fire at them and, and, and shooting at them. And it's, you know, and that's a little extreme, but it is. It's like something, something coming straight for them. So we really want to let go of that. And one wonderful way we can do that is by using these symbols, the Japanese way, the traditional way, and using them to go inward and to focus and then really building that space. Because, again, animals communicate with energy. They do not communicate with words necessarily with each other or with emotions, smiles, facial expressions. It's with energy. They can sense fear. They can sense happiness. They can sense sadness. All with energy. So like when we're at care and we're working with the wild animals, we can't touch them. So there's no like physical touch. And when we were with the farm animals even, like people were trying to touch and it was interesting because when they would stand there and do their meditation, the animals would stand around them. But as soon as they started petting, the animals would tolerate the petting, but then they would move on to the next person that was in that space. Because we have to remember, yes, petting feels good, but the space we are creating feels even better. That beautiful calmness and sense of peace and harmony and balance is very, very healthy feeling, much better than a pet. So just always kind of try to keep that in mind. And always that that space of going inward is really wonderful. And the animals are going to start to show you that when your brain starts to go outward, when you start thinking of something else, or when you start focusing on them, they're going to get up and leave the room. Or they might move away from you. But when we go inward, they might come a little bit closer. They might even sit in your lap. They might even ask you for hands-on. That's why I've said before, and I'll say again, horses are the most wonderful teacher. When I was at Remus one time, I was out with the students at one of Kathleen's classes, and they were all supposed to stand along the fence with the young horses. They're these um, like little halfling horses. They're called gypsy horses. And they have a field of their own because they're young and they're untamed. There's six of them. So we were supposed to stand in front of the fence and go into the space and then see how the horses reacted. So I told the students what to do, and then I turned my back because Remus is in this beautiful, beautiful location, and I think Essex. It's um, in Stock, England. And it's just so expansive and vast, and the sky just goes on forever. It's an amazing place. So I, I stood there, and I was going in when I was doing my meditation. And at the end... I turned around, and all six of the the gypsy horses were behind me, and all the students were standing there with no horses in front of them. And it was a reminder to them, they saw, that because I I was in the space, I had created that space, but my attention was nowhere near them. My attention was out, and it was expansive, and I was just taking in this expansiveness. And the horses were attracted to that. That is what they needed. And whereas the students, they were newbies with this, so, of course, their attention's going towards them, right? You can't help it at first. You know, of course, you want them to, to get better or you want to see how they're reacting, and so your mind kind of goes off. So it was a, a really re- good reminder for them that going inward is so much more effective than when we go outward. 
So I'm going to open this up now. And since we really don't have a lot of time to cover things um, verbally in the class, again, I'm always available for phone calls or Google chat or emails. Um, but be sure to just reach, you know, ask tonight if you have, we might run a few minutes over. I hope nobody minds. And again, if you have to get off the class early, just let me know. Um, I'll try to call on my East Coast people first so that um, they can have a chance to talk. So, so Jolinda, since you were already on the call, why don't I just start with you? Okay. Um, I tell you, this chant is what helps me focus. Uh, this was the thing for me. Uh, ever since my husband's passing uh, last month, <coughs> excuse me, I've had a, a lot of trouble focusing. Excuse me, I got something in my throat. <coughs> and uh, this chant, when I did it just myself, It was the the I mean, it was the thing I needed. I just feel like I had when I chanted, I created a like a bubble around myself, and I was able to do it for a length of time and not have my mind wander. When I tried it with the animal, you know, when they were when I was quiet, they were quiet. But when I try to chant, the startle response mm -hmm. <laughs> was mm -hmm. what I got. Right. You know, they'd be all relaxed, and all of a sudden, I'd try. You know, I don't. Maybe I was too loud or something. But, you know, I will. But when I did it just with myself, it was exactly what I needed to help me focus. That's wonderful. And sometimes, um, you know, when we're first learning the chant, um, we're not really that comfortable with it, so it's harder. I always encourage my students to practice the chant in the car because you can actually find your voice when you're in the car because you're not worried about neighbors hearing you mm -hmm. or anybody. Um, you know, it's an awkward thing to chant. We're so not used to chanting. We're really, you know, we're not used to meditating. We're really not used to chanting that much. Well, so, I'm, I'm alone um, in the house, so I can practice here, you know, but that was what helped me focus and actually, I believe, go inward than mm -hmm. I've been able to before. And just keep practicing. Um, you know, they may or may not come around. I remember I was doing... Uh, a level two at a lady's house and she had this beautiful golden retriever and the golden retriever loved Choker Ray but did not like Say Hey Key at all and it's funny because I don't I'm, I wasn't at that time very comfortable with Say Hey Key it's just I'm a very grounded too grounded person a lot of times and so the spiritual psychic you know openness is harder for me and so I, I always took that like oh okay um <laughs> Yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't resonating with it well. So just keep practicing. But I'm really glad to hear that. Um, in another class, one of the other ladies' husband had been in a really horrific car wreck. Um, he was on a bike, actually. A car hit him. And he was in intensive care. And she had just started the class. And she didn't know if she really wanted to continue. But she decided she would. And she had to drive an hour to the hospital each way. And she did the Choku Ray chant. And she said, like you, that it, it was really the only thing that could help her focus mm -hmm. in that horrible, chaotic time. Um, so you can see how helpful this is for us to really um, focus, and, and that's what it means. It, it means focus. So you're really getting that vibration if, mm -hmm. when you're feeling that. It was, it was really what I needed, you know, and to, to help me go inward because – you know, I'd I'd try to, you know, focus on my breathing and all like that, and it just my mind would, you know, tell so many things to think about and think on, right? And emotions right. and stuff. But the chanting really helped me tremendously. I mean, personally. Well, I'm really happy to hear that. It's so wonderful when we find these tools to help us in in a situation where you know we we almost feel helpless and that we feel like we really can't help ourselves. So I think it, it, I know more what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what it's supposed to feel like. It. Right, exactly. Well, thank you for that. Um, let's see. Let me. Is Patricia on the call? And I'm sorry, I can't see because I don't have my computer with me today. I'll give her a second. I think she was going to join us, but. All right. Well, yes, I'm here. It. I'm here. Oh, great. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Although, you know what, Patricia, my... wait, Patricia, <clears throat> yeah. you're, you're I'm in California. Okay. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm in California. Let me start okay. with someone else. I'm so okay. sorry. Okay. No, no, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, is Deanna on the call? I'm here. 
Oh, great. Okay, so do you want to share, Deanna? <clears throat> sure, I'll, I'll make it quick. I did practice um, the chanting, you know, without, not with an animal, and I practiced in the car, and, um, <clears throat> you know, I just found my tone also, and I learned that at first I was holding the E a really long time. I thought, well, maybe I could do two. <laughs> so I, I realized I could do two. Mm-hmm. So um, then I chanted with, um, you know, I meditated and chanted with Aries, who was almost 19, the simple one. And, um, and she loves Reiki, but at first I found myself a little bit distracted by her. Um, mm-hmm. I love her so much, and I was, you know. But then I just kept chanting, even though I was distracted. And then after a while, I realized, wow, I'm just here. I'm in the space. It's just like, boom. You know, so I went from being distracted, mm-hmm. but I just kept chanting. And then I just realized that all of a sudden, there I was in that space. And then I, I focused, and I was able to stay in that space. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, so even if I was a little distracted, the chanting did help me get there anyway. Yeah, and that's what, and that's another thing, like, when you're, like, let's say you're not chanting, you're just doing a treatment, and you, and you didn't decide to do chanting. It's just such a great way for you to just stop and re-kind of calibrate yourself, just mm-hmm. go back to that chanting and, and bring your thoughts back. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Can I ask you a question right quick? Why? Of, course, of course. Same thing. Was... If if you don't feel like you can do it out loud, can you do it in your mind? I mean, that might help me focus. You, you can you can definitely. But like I said earlier, um, that make sure you're practicing out loud at home. Oh yeah. So that when you go to do it silently, you know the sound because it's okay. very important to get that sound right. And and like you're saying, Deanna, yeah, you at first could only get one, and then it was two. The more you practice. Um, and the more in that space you get, like when we were in class this weekend, I could do like six to seven when I wasn't yeah. even thinking. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I started to think about it, mm-hmm. about, how, you know, breathing and, and feeling the physicalness of it, I could only do like three. Yeah. It's very strange because your body almost takes over. And mm-hmm. I remember when I was taking Franz's class, I was like, oh, I'll never get, because Franz is like that, and I'll never get that. Mm-hmm. But um, but it does. But it's only the first two. The the third one, I don't. Um, it's it's harder. But but it the more you practice, and and chanting is a really wonderful way to get in that space. So mm-hmm. yeah, so definitely. I actually found that I could do two because I was holding the E for such a long time. You know, I tried one and I was really yeah. holding that E. So I thought, oh well, maybe I should try two. Um, and when I'm at the shelter and chant. Like if I'm in a cat room by myself, I'll chant out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if, you know, if someone, if I'm in the big room and someone uh, is looking, you know, to adopt, they're showing someone, I'll put my head um, kind of in the cage, open the cage, and mm-hmm. just put my head in a little bit and whisper. I'll whisper mm-hmm. the chant. So I've done oh, that. that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So the animal can hear me, but it's not really loud. Yeah, no, 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 and and that's good too. I mean, and and you know, like if, when we're giving our animal treatments, we always want to be cognizant of how they feel, and if they give the, give us signs of of discomfort or that they don't want it. I mean, but it's totally completely fine to chant mm-hmm. with your with your animal. I mean, my animals love the chanting. They come and lay with me, and and they love that. So, so yeah, it's just you can you make it work however best fits for how you're offering Reiki in the shelter or with your own animals. Mm-hmm. But for your own personal practice, you know, be sure to just really have that chant and, um, you know, get that sound down for you so that then when you do go into the shelter, you can whisper it. Yeah, it makes sense. Thank you. And then, Deanna, I did have something exciting for, to tell you. So Deanna had written to me over the weekend that she was contemplating taking Franz's class in June. And where is he coming in June again? Uh, well, well, Matt, Illinois, which is not too far from me, and guess what? I signed up for the class today. Well, and congratulations, because okay. Suzanne, you know, Suzanne, who's in this class, she just went to his class in Seattle. Oh. So okay. on the last day of the class, I was going to have her share, but I think we, we're just always so short for time in these mm-hmm. classes. On the last class, when we were just kind of doing an overview, I'm going to have Deanna share with you all her experience in Franz's class, and I'll share my experience. And... um 
and the question that came up so the rest of you know is, you know, do you take Franz's class or do you take Kathleen's class? Well, Kathleen's class is amazing, and you're going to have a totally, completely different experience in Kathleen's class only because of the animal. Mm-hmm. Now, when we go to care, we're doing Reiki with alligators and crocodiles and tigers and a lion and a bear and snakes and, you know, all these exotic animals. And those animals are amazing teachers. And so with Franz, it's different because you're in a class with people. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's a little more intense um, because there's no release. Like I find that with the animals, when you go out to practice, there's more an opening and a release because the animals help facilitate that. Whereas in a people class, it's not. But the material that you learn is the same thing you're going to learn in Kathleen's class, although he focuses a little more on people. But mm-hmm. all of the, the things that you're learning in this class even are all what you will be learning in Franz's class and only okay. just on a more in-depth level with more mm-hmm. practice of it. So, right. so I did want to share that. But it's such a small world. And then I also took a class this weekend with Deanna's teacher, Amber. So it's such a small racing <laughs> world. It's becoming smaller and smaller as we – so I just want to share that, and, and Amber is just a really wonderful person. So. She is, and I she is. and I hope you all can take this class and share it or care. It's just amazing, a completely amazing experience. So eighteen. Um, oh, I hope so. I really yeah. hope you all do it. So I'm going to open it up to Laura. Laura, are you on the call? Laura, on the call. I am. Great! Hi. Yay! Hi. So um, yeah, so I started the uh, first exercise just by myself in the house. Um, but it almost felt like I needed to be outside, like it was too uh-huh. big to be contained uh-huh. in my house. Um, <laughs> so fortunately, it was a nice nice weather that we're having. And um, so I did. I just sat outside, and that was amazing. That made the difference, just being able to go inward, but feel the breeze and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, Well, I'm going to interrupt you for just one second. I'm just going to interrupt you, Laura, because the interesting thing that you're saying that, so Sui practiced Shigundo, and Shigundo is a practice of meditating, like, under the waterfall or in nature Mm. or when he did his 21-day fast, and, you know, the system of Reiki came to him at that time. That Mm -hmm. was all out in nature so it's really interesting that you were drawn to go do the chanting which the chanting is a Shinto practice which is you know a thousand years old but um, it's very interesting you were drawn to that so I just wanted to comment on that okay yeah that's great yeah it really felt like I was being driven almost to to go outside so and then um, while I was out there I have two cats and um they, you know, they came out and kind of looked at me. I think they were mostly curious about what the noise was you know, and what was going on. I had mm-hmm. a little trouble because I'm still dealing with a cold. So I couldn't have the full experience because I kept coughing. Um, so I've got to just keep practicing. But I do, um, Leah, have a quick technical question. Yeah. Um, wanting to get the sounds right. So... In the lesson that you sent us, mm-hmm. it says, you know, it sounds like O O A E, but then yes. right oh. before that, uh-huh. oh, okay. it's got so let's see the ah uh, ah, uh, it's like five six vowels. Well, no, five vowels. So, so the, the this the five vowels is what the five vowels are showing you, is how you pronounce it. So, like the Juman is ho. Oh, wait, O-U-A-E. Okay. So if you look at the pronunciation, the O is the, uh, an O as in rose. The, right. um, the E is as in gray, so A. The mm-hmm. um, I as is in um, machine, so it's the E. So, and the U is as in true. So when we go back up and we see O-U-A-E, it's O U A E as it's shown in these pronunciations. So if you see something like, um, let me see, so say hey key, hon sha ze shonen, that's when we'll use the A, the ah sound. Okay. So right. so in that's... this one, O U A E, we don't have any A's in the choku ray. Don't have any ah, right? So, okay. Right. So it's O U A E. Uh, Which I need to fix this because it says it sounds like O U A E and it's like that doesn't really help because we need to do it like phonetically. 
so I can yeah. fix that. But it helps. But yeah, it helps when you look right below. But then it gets confusing because of the ah. It, it does. starts with ah. It does. <laughs> yeah. No, they're just doing the A E I O. Well, he didn't do it. I don't know. He's Australian, Franz is, so he didn't even do it A E I O U. <laughs> so, so I don't. I don't know why the sequence is the way it is. But it's just telling you how you would pronounce it. If there's a letter A. It's ah. If there's a, a letter or a, okay. a vowel o, it's rose. If there's a so in chokure again, it's you have an o, a u, and an e, and an i. So then the pronunciation is o is in rose, u is in true, e is in gray, mm-hmm. and i is in machine. So that's what, that's what, that's what addressing, yeah. And okay. and thank you. There's yeah, of course, and there's lots of information in here about the deity that's, that's used, the description of the form, the translation of the Juman, um, the Juman and the symbol. And, and, and one thing I will say is like, you know, I know in the Western way they say, oh, the Western side, they say these are secret symbols and things like that. And, and yes, that, and that's fine. And I honor and respect that, but also know that these symbols are also symbols you would see in Japan. Um, it's, it's a symbol that, that means focus, that means something. You'll see it outside of temples. So it's not like it's a secret hidden symbol that it's doing made up. It's a symbol that was already in existence. Um, but that the the feeling and the meaning of that symbol is what he's trying to get us as students to feel and understand. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for asking that question. That's good for everybody to hear that. Okay. Um, so let's see. Let's go to uh, Howie and Wendy. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, how is your new little ward doing? Uh, <laughs> this is. Yeah. I'll make. I know. I know. Our class have a brief, and I have Tissy to talk. Uh, we almost lost our little buddy. Oh no. Uh, we got him from a, a group called Wayside Waves. Uh, the dogs looked great. And then we came, come to find out, all they did was basically clean the dogs up and get them ready for sale. Um, they didn't do any blood work or anything on on Reiki, and he would. The, the jury is still out on what he's got. He's on doxycycline. He's on uh, bay what's Batrol, doxycycline, and uh, some other things and so on. And uh, he was running 104.4 temperature the other day when we rushed him to the hospital. So, uh, but he's doing well, fine now. He's up and around. Right. Yeah, we were very upset. We were very upset. We made our concerns known to these to these people. So I was very disappointed in them. But well, thank God that, you got him when you did, and and lucky well, and again another lucky situation for him. I, I will I will tell you this, and like when you and I both agreed, he is a true rescue. Let me tell you, he, he in I mean we rescued a rescue. Right. So we took a completely different bet. We spent we spent close to upwards of two thousand dollars on him this week. That's oh my gosh! I, I'm, I'm not I'm kidding. So sorry to hear that. I'm being serious. Yeah. Well, which, I mean, we, which is fine. Thank God. Thank God. We you know it's it's okay, and we had it for him. Um, uh, if it'd gone to someone else, perhaps they wouldn't have had the resources, and he would be dead now. I mean, it's as simple as that. Right. But, but we're we're very thankful. He's a sweet little thing. He's a good dog. He gets along with Lulu our little Yorkie, very well. He's just an excellent fit into our into our family. We're very excited to have him. Well, that's but, very good to hear. And we'll all keep um, him in our meditations. Please do. Yeah, yeah, please do. He's, you know, he's he's coming around now. He knows now he's not going to get beaten at every turn. And, and uh, he's he's getting used to being petted and not hit. So. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And, yeah, he's, yeah, it was kind of rough, but we we did. I I really enjoyed this chant, like everybody else is saying. Uh, you know, uh, the um, our, our the one student is saying she she enjoyed it outside. Um, for me, I, I enjoyed it pretty much anywhere because I focused just doing the OA one time, the chant one mm-hmm. time, doing mm-hmm. it really, you know, getting it really well, getting the right tonal quality so that it just kind of vibrated my body. Um, oh, so that's very what good. I focused on. Not trying to do mm-hmm. two or three times or whatever. I did one really good one, and I tried to hit that just that perfect tonal quality where mm-hmm. my body just started humming. It's like when I use OM, um, I go inside my head, and it makes the inside of my head vibrate. Uh, and you know when you hit the right tonal quality. Um, it's like spellcasting. Right. It's the same thing. Intonation and, and tone is everything. Uh, and that's what I And that's what I did. Uh, with this, and I really had fun with it. And and like the other lady said, uh, the dogs were like, 
what are you doing? Because that, that's what that's what the dog, two dogs did here too. Their little heads popped up. They were finally <laughs> we started, you know, uh, doing the med, but then then their heads, little heads popped up. Like, what are you guys doing? And then it was like, oh, okay, I know what you're trying to do. So they get it. They they understand we're reaching out to a different level. They understand. And it was it was fun. It was it was interesting. I enjoyed it very much, actually. Yeah, and that's good. I'm glad to hear, and I'm glad that you shared that you did it once because that's what felt right to you. And and again, this is a very personal oh, right. practice, and and we yeah. have to find that what's going to work for us because if we do something that feels uncomfortable to us, we won't practice. Right, right, right. Yeah. And um, well, thank you. Sure, you bet. You bet. Well, I have never done chanting. So, and Howie's talked about it, um, how he's done it in meditation. So, um, I really liked it, and I'm excited about learning it and practicing and getting better at it because I noticed that, um, like, after listening to your uh, MP3, Mm -hmm. you know, I would be practicing, and I could – my eyes were closed and I like feel the vibration and um, I don't know if it was Deanna or um, I forget who said it tonight, but it was, it got me into the space. And like mm-hmm. I said last week, um, you know, meditation is something that I've wanted to start practicing on a regular basis, but haven't, um, I guess, made the time for it or been able to. And, and, and it's hard when you first start because you're so much in your head and it's easy to get distracted. So I feel right. like the chanting, I'm kind of excited about it. Like I feel like it could take me to a whole new level like much more quickly. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I think that that it's something that really helps us focus and really helps us um, – to let go of, again, that monkey mind or letting our mind drift because we're really focusing on what we're doing. And, and then, again, we're in that space. Again, chokure means focus. So it's a great one to use, to focus, and to use as your meditation. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to, um, to keep uh, practicing and, and start, you know, really using it on a regular basis and see what happens because I've wanted to – one thing I've wanted to work on is just continuing to opening, open my third eye and just increase my intuition. So, mm-hmm. and I've read a lot about it. Like when you chant mm-hmm. and stuff, it, it, I've read stories where people, it like almost pops open. Mm-hmm. And it's true. And so when we do say he key next week, say he key stimulates your psychic and spiritual awareness and what that means is it's not like you're going to become more psychic but when we can calm that chatter calm that monkey mind we can hear what's trying to get through we can hear Mm. what's trying to be shared with us so and and you bring up something really good too when you know so you you really want to help build your psychic and spiritual awareness which is why it's so important and i'm so glad to hear you resonated with chokeray because a lot of people who are psychic and spiritual, they don't necessarily resonate with chokeray because it's too grounding. They like that really open, um, you know, psychic, like airy feeling. But you can see where if you're not grounded, if you don't have that mm-hmm. foundation, you can get toppled over. So if you imagine a pyramid, pyramid's got a wonderful foundation and it goes up into a point. And that's what you want to be, but your point is also expansive. If you focus solely on your point, on the psychic and spiritualness, then you're like an upside-down pyramid that can be toppled over easily. Like people's energy can topple you over, people's yeah. thoughts or people's, you know, how they're, they're interacting with you can topple you over. But if you come up from a very grounded space, so, so imagine yourself as a tree, you're grounded and you have this beautiful trunk and then you, the openness of you, the spiritual psychic awareness of you are your branches and your leaves. They're open and people's energy is like the wind and it just goes right through you. No longer do you feel that, oh, it's going to topple me over or I feel depleted or, oh, I feel it's like sticking to me. It just goes right through you. That I, so, um, thank, yeah, thank you for saying that because, um, yeah, that's really helpful because 
I actually, um, the last few years, just with some challenges going on in my life that I went through, um, the whole grounding piece is, um, it was like a critical thing for me because I'm Mm -hmm. super sensitive and can get really emotional. And when you're going through a challenging time, your emotions can just take over and you can just Mm -hmm. be a mess. And so the grounding piece is really, really important. It really is. And and you bring up a really good point is that that we have to focus on our own grounding. But when we go through situations, like, and it sounds like you've had a situation where it's just really hard, really horrific. And it's really hard for us to go, okay, I'm going to start breathing. I'm going to start doing choke away. You're so overwhelmed by what's happening that sometimes it's impossible. And that's why it's so important for us to turn to each other, to reach out and say, could you please send me Reiki? And, and to get Reiki from a grounded person because that will help support you. I know that I went through something, I got some really bad news in December, and I was crying hysterically. And so I reached out to Kathleen and said, you have to send me Reiki. And I felt better at the end. I was still crying, but I was crying less. And at the end, after I was done my crying jag and she was done with Reiki, you know, and she did it distantly, I felt better. It didn't change the situation. It didn't change what was happening, but it helped me to be better prepared to deal with the situation, that I could think about alternatives to what I could do, to what was happening. And, and that's why it's so important for ourselves to be grounded so that when things come at us, we can just like be like that weeble that wobbles but doesn't fall down. That's another Franz analogy. It's yeah. like you kind of get, you get knocked down, but you pop right back up. And if yeah. you can't pop right back up, you go to your tribe and you ask, pe- you know, the people that are in your Reiki class or the people that you know that are grounded to please send you Reiki yeah. or share Reiki or get a Reiki treatment. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing. You can see we're in this class. We all have our, our stuff, and, and it's good that we share because what we're going through could be what somebody else is going through, but it also helps us to share this information because we hear about things we may not just from just the, the materials in class. You know, there's so much to share with this class. And, like, you go to Kathleen's Level 3, and we were there for three days, you know, from 9 to 5, and still there isn't enough time to share everything that, you know, you experience and that you can get from this Reiki practice. So thank you for bringing that up and sharing. I appreciate that. Sure. So, Patricia, I'm going to open it up to you. I'm so sorry to tell you. Go ahead. It was like the Oscars. Did you guys hear about the Oscars last night where they announced the best movie and then they go, oh, no, it's actually that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I did that to Patricia. Here with you. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, so, okay, so... Let's see, I missed last week, so I'm sorry, because I really enjoy these discussions. They really help so much, because, you know, and just reading, well, and reading the assignment, the part in there about, because I know when I studied Reiki, it was like, Chokure is a power, and you have to do that, and it activates the other symbols. And this is so, this just feels so much more comfortable. It just feels. Well, I mean, think about it. If you're like, oh, this is the power symbol, and then I have the power to heal. This, this yeah. means it's like you have to yeah, be really right. comfortable with that, and you have to accept yeah. the fact that when you don't heal that animal, that yeah. I mean, you're taking responsibility for that, right? Right. And, and instead I also of just like you, the idea of not and it's thinking, oh, I've got to do the power symbol, and I've got to put it there, and then I've got to put it over there, and then I got to put it there, right. and then I have to do choku. That just seems so like overwhelming too. Well, it is. Like know. Franz always says, what if you saw somebody in a car wreck and you go, oh, wait a minute. I need oh, to yeah, I get the power symbol here, here, here. And then by the time you're done, the guy's dead. You know, it's like right. instead of just like sitting there and sharing that space. Right. So um, since I didn't do it, I, read, I listened to the lesson and then um, I practiced a little bit with my dogs here and they were okay. And I, and I kind of told you a different, I wanted to tell you guys a story from last week because, well, I want to tell you two stories. One is from last week, which is, I went outside, and that was just like people said. Sometimes it just feels good to do it outside, and it just feels open, and you feel like you're in nature, mm-hmm. and that feels comfortable. And I like to be outside barefoot as much as I can, which is not always right now. But So I sat outside, and I was like, okay, I've got there's some hummingbirds, and 
I got a few little lizards, and I hadn't seen them since it was warmer, and I'm like, okay, that's good. But there was no, I didn't feel any, like, their energy versus mine. So I was like, okay, that's okay, though, because I'm just here to be calm, and if they feel comfortable, they'll be here. I mean, I don't know exactly what kind of interaction I'd expect to have with mm-hmm. the bird. So, but for a long time, I um, had this kind of a thing that people would laugh at me about where I'd take the dryer lint, and I would put it outside on my bushes because someone had said to me that, um, and also when I co- I used to have two big dogs with a lot of hair, and now I only have one, but the, um, take the dog hair out of the brush and put it outside because some this young girl at a class I went to said, hey, the birds love that. They can come and get that yeah, and make they their can nest make for soft. Their nest. Uh-huh. You know, and so all, like, I mean, for 10 years I've done this and I have, you know, then I end up with these blobs of stuff in my yard and I throw it away. So <laughs> after I did the hummingbird thing, like three days later, I'm washing the dishes and looking out the window in the morning and there's a hummingbird just running over and like pulling off some of that lint and taking it out. And then she'd come back. And she'd pick off a few more, and I'd never seen him do it before, and it was so cool. It was just, it was very affirming because I had studied Reiki maybe 10 years ago, and then, you know, I kind of had the hummingbird thing, and then to see them come and do it, I just felt very affirmed. So it was kind of like I put something out there that they could use. Uh I got to see him do it. And it was just kind of like a byproduct of, you know, dry. I don't, I usually just hang my things out to dry and put them in the dryer just to fluff them up a little bit, it's like towels. Mm-hmm. So it just really felt good because I saw a hummingbird's nest here last year, and they do put like soft little, I mean, the, the nests are tiny, and then they put the little soft pieces of cotton and weave it or whatever they have. They weave it around the inside and the top of the nest. So, oh, how wonderful. I know. I mean, it was so, like, it took me a long time before I even saw one. There was a nest right on a palm tree by my backyard, and I, it, I mean, it was like two or three months before I saw the nest. And then when the mom would leave, I'd pull the branch down and peeked in there, and there were two little oh. eggs. You know, so I read about it, and, you know, so that, it's kind of a neat thing that you feel like you are having, you are connected with them in their own way, and they feel safe. And they don't have to fly right. over and land on my hand or something. You know, you don't, you don't have to have, it doesn't have to be that personal. But it's, I mean, it doesn't have to be where you're touching them like you do with right. your other pets. Exactly. So exactly. I don't know. Exactly. So I like that. I always like that. Yeah, no, that's feeling, beautiful. So. That's beautiful. And it's special. It's really yeah, special it was, when, when the, yeah. that's shared with you. Yeah, it was really kind of neat. So we'll see what happens next. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And then your other story? Oh, well, now the other story is a little weird, but I think I can tell you people this because I I only told one (laughs) or two people this story because usually people look at you like, what? Okay, so I had some friends. I moved out here from Indianapolis, and I had some friends who had rescued a dog that they found on the side of a highway. And he was sometimes nice but sometimes scary, you know, how a dog can be when they've been dumped. And so... Scary meeting. He was black, and he'd come up to you and bare his teeth and growl, just kind of at random. Oh, so yeah. You know, you don't. You just kind of were real careful. So I had started taking Reiki, and I had taken some animal communication classes. And one day, he and I ended up sitting on the back porch together. And while I was watching him, all of a sudden, I saw this little geometric shape being drawn, like right on his gum line. And I'm like, this is a little weird, but. I'm okay with it. It was almost like green neon. So I was like, it doesn't look like a, you know, it didn't look like one of the Reiki symbols that I had ever seen before. So about a month ago, I started looking up about Reiki again around the time I found your class. And I found a symbol called the Midas symbol. And it was identical to that symbol that I saw. I mean, it was like a straight line across. and then some, So it's in some other branch of, you know, there are, I guess there's all these other Reiki things. But it was really a neat, again, it was just kind of a neat affirmation. And it was like he was teaching me was how I felt. And the other thing was he, I didn't know it at the time, but he had cancer in his jaw right at that spot. Mm. So it's just one of those little things that didn't really, you know, it's not like it meant I knew some secret thing. Right. But it was almost like no. he and I kind of had this little moment, and I was like, cool. I don't understand this completely because a lot of this stuff is kind of different. And it's well, outside I, my normal paradigm of thinking. So I want to, I'm glad you brought that up because this is a story that hasn't come up yet about Franz that Franz shares because it, it, it emphasizes exactly what you experienced. 
So Franz was giving this woman, she came to him because she had a fear of water. And so she, she, she lived by the beach even, and she had this extreme fear of water. And so she came to him for a treatment. And he was giving her a treatment, and all of a sudden, this big water dragon came out of her and, oh. and um, was just, like, fierce. And, and or Actually, you know what? I take that back. She, he didn't know she was afraid of water. She just came to him for a treatment. That's right, because I, I just ruined the whole story. Yeah. So she came to him yeah. for a treatment, didn't tell him about the water. She sees uh-huh. this water dragon. And then at the end of the treatment, he says to her, be sure to drink a lot of water and then, you know, make sure you stay hydrated. Water's really healing. It's not a lot about water. And she said, it's really interesting you keep talking about water because I'm definitely afraid of water. Now, had he told her that he saw a water dragon when she said yeah. she was fearful of water, that yeah. would have scared her even more, right? That, right. oh, my God, I've got this water dragon. me. But what we have to remember is some things are things we see, and it's our perception of what's being shared with us. So right. this Midas symbol that you see on his gum, he's sharing uh-huh. something with it, but the way you see it is like with that Midas symbol. And like the way Franz saw her water, the water fear was through a water dragon. And then she yeah. did treatments with him and she got to the point where she wasn't afraid of water and right. he never mentioned the water dragon. But he does wow. a really good analogy. If, if let's say I'm, I'm foot five, and I'm standing next to someone who's five foot two. You would look at me uh-huh. and say, "Oh, Leah is tall, and that girl is short." But if right. I'm standing next to someone who's five foot eight, you would say, "Oh, that person is tall, and Leah is short." And right. it's all in our perception, right? It's like yeah, how we yeah. see things. And so it's really important that we honor what's being showed to us, yeah. but we also do it through the filter of this is our perception. This is my personal perception of what that looks like. And so we want to not attach to what's being shown to us to acknowledge it and go, Oh, interesting. And then move on and not attach. But I'm so glad you brought that up because that's an important thing to remember because our perception is what skews us. You know, our perception is what makes us kind of off balance and off kilter. So, yeah. In the precepts, if you go back to your precepts, there's two precepts. There's, you know, for today only, do not worry, do not anger, do not, you know, be humble, be honest, and show compassion. Right. Then, then right. the other one is do not anger, for anger is an illusion. And so we have an illusion. You could be angry about something one day, and the very next day the exact same thing can happen, and you cannot get angry. Now, does that yeah. mean it was less wrathful? or No, it's you. It's your perception. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so it's, and it's sort take, of like I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. you have to take the, the me out of it, you know. It's, right. If you take the me out of it, you take everything out of it. You're, you're no longer angry. You're no longer um, attached to it. So, right. So that's a really important lesson that the dog shared with you. Not only that yeah. he shared that he had cancer there, and that was how you saw it, but that, that you experience that visualization and, and seeing that. Because, again, we don't want to get attached to it. We want to realize that's our filter that we see it through. Right. And, Interesting. And that's why, yeah. that's why like, you know, with the power symbols and everything, it's like, it's like saying, well, I think, like, if we were all in a classroom together and I had, uh-huh. you know, I, I make scones all the time for my classes. So if I had scones and I said, oh, well, Deanna, you get one scone. And, Wendy, you don't get any scones because you don't need them. And then maybe Suzanne gets, you know, five scones because she's sad and she needs, like, food comfort. Do you know what I mean? Then that's me saying exactly what you need. And we have to be careful we don't do that with the animals, right? So when we get in that space, we're just creating that space where they can take whatever they need most from it. And we can let go of that ego. And and we're no longer responsible. And that way we can allow healing to happen the way it should or the way it's meant to be or the way they want it to. Which is so nice and so easy, right? So you can just, what happen, whatever happens, happens. And like you said exactly. in the beginning, you don't have to be, you don't have to feel like I'm responsible and what if they don't get well? Or right. Any of that. So just well, and, and shift, you start shifting your life into kind of a different mode is how it feels almost. Like, and what like is, oh, and I'm what here. Is, what is getting well? To us, it's a certain yeah. thing. We want a perfect outcome. But the right. animals, we have to honor their journey and what they're right. going through. 
And maybe right. it, will, it will end in our mind well and maybe not. But we have to remember, what is more effective? Is it more effective to have a peaceful mind right. and to be happy or to be yep. cured? So I will yep. share this really fast, and I need to share Susan's homework. But when we went to care, there's a lion there, and he's special needs. He has water on the brain, and he has three fused vertebrae. Um, and if you, when you look at him, he struggles to get up. He can't stand up hardly at all. He, he kind of goes in circles. Um, he, he has really horrible balance, and he's in pain because of his neck. But mm-hmm. if you see Lucius for his outward appearance and all the pain and all this, you don't get to see the wonderful, joyful lion that he is inside. Mm-hmm. And it was so adorable because he was getting grumpy because he was, like, not feeling well, and they were bringing him out of his big play area. And... Kristen, you know, the, the, the owner, the founder of CARE, was kind of walking in front of him to block him from kind of trying to stumble towards us. And when Aww. she did, he grabbed her leg, and she just took the biggest header down on the ground. It was a thud. And we're all like, oh! and you look, and she, everybody stops, and Lucia is like big-eyed, and then she's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And she starts laughing. And he got the biggest grin on his face. And he's like, I made mommy fell. And she said he does stuff like that all the time. He'll like, make sure she's okay. And then it's like, he starts laughing. And then they put him in this big burrito. So they laid him in this blanket. And, you know, if he didn't like it, he's a cat, he would have been fighting. He, like, laid there and smiled. And his big tail was hanging out, like, kind of like the Wizard of Oz, guys. And it's just, like, swinging back and forth. He's so happy. He's getting in his little, they call it a lion burrito. And it takes, like, six people to lay him down and then pick him up and put him into his the cage, and he loves it. But, you know, if we look at Lucius's and say, oh, we need to heal his neck, we need to heal his, yeah. you know, body, but instead of just offering Reiki and have him feel peace and love, and, if the, and the healing takes place when an animal is calm or a person is calm, you can heal. But if you are stressed out, you can't heal. So it's always really yeah. important for us to see those animals with our heart and not with our eyes. Oh, nice. Thank you. Good. Well, thank you. So I'm going to share really fast Suzanne's um, homework. She um, said she felt the chanting deep in her lower abdomen. I also felt very grounded and more focused. And I love how everybody's saying focus because that is what this symbol brings to us. I do not think it was any easier to get into the space, but she said it, it felt easier to stay in the space with the chanting. When I did the second exercise, I did it with my cat, Blackie. As I began, he ran up to me and started purring and put his two front paws on my leg. She was sitting on the floor cross-legged. He stayed there for about five minutes, then left the area for a bit, then came back and laid down a few feet away and went to sleep. Again, I felt it easy to stay in the space using the chanting. I used the chanting for 10 minutes, then sit in the space, and 10 minutes, then sit in the space. It was very grounding and calming, and she enjoyed it very much. And I love that she said what Blackie did because, again, that's a reminder that the animals can kind of come and go, and we allow that, and we don't give up. If they leave the room, we don't give up. We still stay in that space and then finish when we're going to finish. Or sometimes you can finish them totally disengaging with you, like they've left the room and then they're out like playing and doing something else. But if they just went out to get a drink of water or maybe go to the bathroom or just to like maybe leave the space for a minute, just always sit there. Always make sure you're creating that space. So lots of information tonight, and thank you all so much again. This is such a wonderful class. And I really hope um, I had the most fantastic time at Click Care. It's always an amazing trip, life-changing. I really encourage you all to save your money to make a trip out there either next February or the February after that. We go every year. We have an amazing relationship with the woman, Kristen, who runs it. Um, She's like our sister, and we get access to animals. I mean, of course, you can't, you know, go in and play with them, but the access you get is really wonderful. And, like, she brings animals out that can be touched. We um, got to pet a, a fox that's really tame and wonderful. We got to um, touch a, um, like, it's like a tanuga or something. It's like a great big, huge reptile. We got to touch a, uh, oh, Amos, her monkey. Kathleen and I went to dinner with Amos. There's a pizza place you can go to. And so we got to have that experience, and then the, the students get to feed him. We got to feed a little pig snacks. We got to hold this huge snake. You'll, if you go to our Facebook page, you can see pictures of all of these things. Oh, and a lemur. We got to feed and pet a lemur. So it was, it's just a really incredible experience, and, and the animals there are just, they're so used to Reiki. They're amazing. They're wonderful, wonderful beings. And so I really hope you all can get out there. 
So I'll let you all go. I've just rambled tonight, and I apologize. There's so much to share. But I'm looking forward to next week. This week is going to be the Sehe Key symbol, and the chant is A-E-A-Key. So again, the vowels, but there's some consonants because otherwise it would be A-E-A-E-A. So it's A-E-A-Key with a K, key. So the chant is um, A-E-A-Key, A-E-A-Key, A-E-A-Key. And again, you can do it for as long as you'd like if you want to go A-E-A-Key. That's fine. Like Howie had talked about how he did one really nice long chant. That's fine to do. Just find your voice. Again, practice in the car. If you live with people or you don't have any privacy, practice in the car. It's a great place. But just really allow yourself that, that voice to feel it because maybe you're a high-pitched chant. Maybe you're a low-pitched chant. Maybe you're a nice, nice soft, melodic chant. Just find your voice. And, and really sit. But it sounds like all of you are really getting it, which I love, because sometimes in class people, people don't necessarily resonate, but it sounds like you are all resonating with it and having a really good time. And actually, all of you are feeling that focus, which is really incredible and wonderful and says so much about all of you and your practice. So have a great week, everyone. I'm excited for next week. Um, I have to go to this trade meeting, but I will, when I get home later tonight, I'll send out lesson two with the Seheki information, and it will also have another MP3 court recording for you to all practice with. Thank okay. you. Have Bye-bye. a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.